can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly brought to you by the Talking Pools podcast. The Talking Pools podcast family are here to help you with the pool professional that you are to be successful and profitable in your business. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a very important topic as always. But before we begin, we just wanted to like, let people know about our social medias. You can contact us on Facebook either Tim Graham or Kelly Clancy. And you can also, you know, contact us on Instagram. Mine is Kelly Clancy 85 or Instagram legacy pool and spa. Um, If you have any questions, concerns, anything you want advice on, just let us know. And then that way we can help you. So let's see here. Tim had posted recently on Facebook about the struggles everyone is facing coming into the second quarter of the year. And there was a comment made about setting boundaries with customers. That was you. That was mine. That was me. Because that's a major change I have to make. Like. Kind of explain that. I need. I need to be able to tell them like. Hey, I'm off at five. I'll answer my phone calls at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday. Um, I have a habit and my friends have witnessed it and yelled at me for it that I will answer my phone like all the time. Now, if it's you pool professionals needing help, totally different. This is just for the customer because they they think that they can just text me at any time and I'm going to respond immediately. And I have to have boundaries. So also I have to set that I don't work on weekends. Saturday and Sunday are off limits. You know, we can arrange something another time during the week, have a break for myself so that I could be a better business person. And I kind of feel the same way about, about weekends and being a better parent. You know, I, I tend to, I do carry my phone. So that's always a that's always a, you know, my, my wife and, and my sons are like, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? You know, and it could be a customer who's texting me about something. And I've had customers text me on a Sunday and I've done that too, texting people on a Sunday, not necessarily pool customers, but people that I haven't, that I'm working on my house or I'm doing something. And I normally text on a Sunday, so I don't forget on a Monday and it just happens to enter my mind. And then I think, oh God, I just sent that text on a Sunday. I wonder if they're pissed off at me. So they're probably wondering why we can't set boundaries too. My parents always taught me you don't call before nine o'clock and in the morning and you don't call after nine o'clock in the morning. So, or I mean at night. My customers have never learned um, that. So I, that. I'll get texts at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. I, me too. And I won't do that to the customer. If I have to say, send them something and let's say I don't want to, I know I'm going to forget to do it. 
I'll schedule the text to go out the next day after like eight o'clock. So how do you, you schedule know, so a text? It's not interrupting anyone. You're pretty techie. How do you do well, that? Well, at least on Android. Oh, <laughs> at least I on have Android, an iPhone, but maybe, text. maybe you can schedule a text. I just don't know how to do that. <laughs> okay. So on Android, you, uh, you, you write your text and then where you push send, you hold it down. You don't like just tap it. You hold it. And then it'll come up with a calendar, ask you what date and what time you want to do it. That's those newfangled things that you young people come up with. <laughs> hey, old people could do it too. I just need to, <laughs> you just need to be shown how learn new tricks. Maybe your son can help you. Yeah. He's six. He probably could help me. He probably knows how to do that already. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I just, that was mine, you know, and I, it seemed like there's quite a few people who agreed with it. A lot of comments. So I guess I'm not the only one who needs to set boundaries. We all need to set boundaries. A lot of comments about finding quality labor. And, you know, I, I feel that's always been a thing. And I remember back, it had to have been in the eighties. So I remember my dad, he, we would always work for or, or work with, an employment agency, I, I forget who what he what they're called. You know, you'd call them and they'd send employees. I forget what that's called. But anyway, like workforce, I think it was called. So you'd call and get a temporary employee and you'd pay a set fee. So they would send employees to, to work, right? And so my dad got this guy. He shows up, brand new Tommy Hilfiger shirt, uh, shoes, like brand new shoes, white, everything white. And they're doing a bottom that day. So you can't run a mixer without totally getting yourself annihilated and covered in mortar. So the guy was like tiptoeing around and he didn't want to get dirty. And he's like, we're like 30 miles out of town. And he's like, hit the road. Like you're done. I'm not taking you back. You, you can walk home and send them packing, send them walking. Hey, I've heard of people, you know, the worker complains too much and they're like, leave, get off my job site. I don't care how you get home, you know, bye. Yeah. See you later. So I think that's, yeah, this job isn't, this job is not for everybody. No, I've had a few of those too. People that didn't want to get dirty and thought they were going to be working inside a retail store when I used to have retail, but they were going out with the guys that day in the trucks and yeah, didn't want to go. So they left, called someone to pick them up. And think there's women like me who will go out and do it all. <laughs> and a guy can't even like right. man up. That's right. Make a couple bucks for the day. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So that's. So on today's episode. Oh, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the five people you need to have in your business. This is widely talked about in our business, you know, in all the podcasts, books, blogs. You name it, it's talked about. But you might just listen to us since we are cool people. We are, who are the five key advisors you should? So number one would be an accountant. And I'm in the process of starting a new business myself. So I still have an accountant that I've worked with forever. And that person is back in Indiana. And she's been very helpful. And I hope to have her on as a guest at some point to to talk about some of the things that, that people get themselves involved in and, and get in trouble with, but finding a good accountant is going to be great for your business. Um, accountants are great at telling you where your money has been and they can give you a clearer picture of your profit and loss after the fact they can help you file your quarterly and annual taxes. 
they can do payroll. Uh, my accountant offered payroll when I had retail. So she did everything, handled all of our tax situation. But it's important that you are intentional about handling your money and, and being, you don't have to be great at money management. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, numbers aren't my thing or money's not my thing. Well, if you're in business for yourself, it's something that you need to pay attention to. So we'll talk about that on another episode on how to be intentional with your money on the front end, on the front side. But accountants are a must-have if you're going to be handling your your uh, payroll taxes, your quarterly taxes, your annual taxes, filing everything for you and, and your, your business and your personal taxes. So very important to find a good accountant. I guess that's one of those things that uh, know what you're good at. You know, if you're not good at numbers pay somebody. Just like we tell customers, if you're not good with your pool, pay us. That's right. I I think, wait, I think the accountant's probably one of the most important. You think so? Because if you, well, yeah, because if you don't know how much money you're making or bringing in, how do you know you have the right pricing? Also paying taxes, is that, that's, do you want to get in trouble with the IRS? Do you want to be audited and then, oh, like your life and you have to go to prison or something? (laughs) <laughs> I swear I look at it. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. You do not want to get uh, letters from the IRS because they will come and shut your business down. I've heard of that happen. Yeah. Okay, people, let's be smart. If you don't have insurance, please go get it. <laughs> yes, you're paying for something that you hope you never use ever. But like, come on. I, I'm sorry. That's just, to me, it's just like number that. That's just as as important as not pissing off the government. True. There's a lot of people running without insurance. And if you're planning on it's not going to happen to me, that's the wrong attitude to have. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to you. My my grandfather taught me, and I live by it to this day, if it's Murphy's Law, if anything bad's going to happen to you, or if anything bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to you. Yes. That's so true. So there you go. Find a good insurance provider. And if you're involved in any of the associations, pool and spa associations, they do, you know, they have an insurance package or insurance people that you can talk to. So always good to get quotes on insurance and find a, a good insurance provider who can help you. And good to have someone who's already involved in the pool business and insuring pool people. And don't don't go cheap. Like get adequate coverage. Don't try to get like the cheapest policy. You know, you got to remember pools can do a lot of damage without you seeing it, you know? And what if, you know, it's a small little leak that ended up being a big leak that, you know, wiped out the basement. Okay. An attorney. Yeah. If you have one in the family, you could trust, definitely use them first. It, well, if, if they know what they're doing and it's the type of attorney you need. My parents had a family attorney, so it was always good. You know, I could, when I started my business, I knew exactly who I was going to go to. So he was already involved in the pool business and, and knew what they did. And, and I had him help me draft documents like agreements or contracts, especially when I was building in ground pools or installing in ground pools and doing weekly service openings and closings. There's some definite verbiage that you should probably have if you're winterizing pools. That speaks specifically to underground plumbing, cracking, ground movement, that sort of thing. So you kind of limit yourself, limit your liability when, if you're involved in, in winterizing pools and, and plumbing. So if you're blowing out pools and spas, it's definitely something that you want to have some documentation that can limit your liability to any 
any type of uh, problem that would come up from cracked pipes. So release waivers, if you're not have if you don't have release waivers for draining, if you're draining pools, that's just a dangerous situation all, you know, I I've had one time where we drained a vinyl liner pool and it was an older pool, steel wall vinyl liner, but one of the panels just fell in, you know, just it, it wasn't properly secured. And if you didn't have a drain waiver in that situation, you might find yourself having to pay for a repair or for a pool renovation at that point. Well, it's also good to have an attorney in case, unfortunately, you do have to sue a customer. True. They can send out collection you know, letters. If you're, if you're, well, I had to take an apartment complex because they didn't pay me any of my money. And so I had to sue them. Still don't have my money, but I had to sue them. Got awarded it from the court. They still didn't pay yeah. me. But if you have those happen, you know, one, like you said, with they can help you come up with a service agreement so it holds up in court. You know, uh, there's more, there's lots of reasons to have it just to protect yourself or to get what you, you they should have paid for you. I sued a, a health club at one point and uh, he wouldn't pay. But turns out my attorney was already handling the lawsuit. The, uh, uh, the, the law, he was losing his facility. So and going into bankruptcy and my attorney was handling that. So he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Eventually you'll get, you'll get your money. She's just got to be patient and wait for it. And it was probably a year later and a check came in the mail. It was like, woohoo, I got, I finally got paid, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. So always good to have. Yeah. I, the one I had, I, we sued, we sued him. And then they call, called at the very beginning. I was like, well, we'll just pay you what we owe you. And I was like, I already had $5,000 in attorney fees at that point. And in my agreement says losing party pays attorney fees. Uh, and I was like, no. So we continued. And then they didn't respond to the court. So we had to file different paperwork. And then finally, after a year, we got a judgment. It was a bullshit judgment. I got what they owed me, the $1,700. Didn't get the interest. Got the court filing fee of $500. And my attorney got three hundred awarded $300. And this took two years. Wow. I was pissed. But my attorney was like, don't worry, you don't owe me anything. Like, it was really nice of him. He was like, you don't owe me anything. See, that's a, that's where you still don't have my money. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you find yourself. You've got yourself a good attorney. He's taking care of you. Yeah. Yeah. He could have easily charged you a bunch of yeah. money and you would end up with nothing. Oh, that's what I was nervous about. I'm like, I'm getting $1,700 and now I'm going to have to pay like $20,000 in attorney <laughs> fees. My fuck. This is like my, fr- and this is my first commercial pool ever. Right within the first six months of working in pools, like by myself, so and that just puts a it was a scummy, scummy apartment complex. Puts a bad taste in your mouth if that's they your got, first job, and you get you get scammed right off the bat. Every time I've had a commercial, it's a shithole. Yeah, even the ones that look like they're not going to be shitholes, they are. Um, this, I guess I should say this is that. sounding like another podcast you know, I know but, of. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a lot of bleeping going on bad, in this show. Though. Um, oh my god no this this one was bad they charge eleven hundred dollars for a one-bedroom apartment that was like maybe 500 square feet and twelve hundred dollars for a two-bedroom but they did that because 
all of their tenants were Section 8. Yeah. So that's where the government pays for the rent. And they were getting away with it, and they didn't take care of the places, falling apart. I should have known from the beginning when I was like, this is kind of sketchy. Yes, you should walk like, away from do that I really one. want to be here after dark? <laughs> you know? And I would tell them, you cannot open your pool. You can't open your pool. for It was like high chlorine or what, whatever was going on. They still they opened it as soon as I would leave. Oh yeah, sure. They're like, and I'm just like, whatever, do what you want. I only worked there for three months because I wasn't gonna waste a year of not getting paid. Okay, next is a bank manager. Now this one, I will admit, when I read it, I'm like, okay, this is definitely more of the older side. <laughs> older side of what? The way things were ran. True, maybe. <laughs> so explain to me more about like having a bank manager on your side because I really don't know. So I've I've dealt with, I don't know, four or five different banks. And even the big ones, like we, we're, we have a bank, so we travel back and forth between Indiana and Texas. So um, we have a bank that's in both locations. Uh, and I know both of the managers. So it's kind of a small town feel. I guess it's more about the relationship, but if in my case, and and we're going to get into this about money management on that bot on that uh, episode when we do that, but they're going to be helpful in opening up multiple accounts instead of just your one business account and where you're taking money out and diverting it into separate accounts and possibly even into a separate bank when you're handling tax money and being prepared for taxes. So we'll get on that on another episode, but they can also be helpful with loans, loan applications. If there's any issues, it's great to have someone that you know instead of some call center in India that you're going to call uh, that has no idea who you are or what you do or even where you live. So I don't know. I always like to create relationships with people. So even people that are in the bank, tellers come and go, but bank managers tend to hang around a little bit. Okay. Well, maybe that's something uh, I need to try. <laughs> Take them ice cream one day. Okay. Take them ice cream or, or donuts. donuts. Like, uh, I've done, I've done that. What did I take? I went to a supply house to do like a tabletop for my Ipsa chapter. And I brought, I, I asked the supply house what they yeah. wanted and it was, they wanted me to bring them bagels and coffee. I'm like, okay, you got that. Uh, actually it's pretty funny. I was at, uh, another company's place today to, give them a USB for firmware updates. And they're like, yeah, we love the rep because he brought us donuts. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's <laughs> so corny, but I guess it really it works. It does work. What is it? Way to a man's heart is his stomach. So I guess you could use that concept in trying to sell pulley equipment. That's right. Okay. So the next one, okay, this one I can relate to. A business mentor or a coach. So I've been very lucky and I have been vocal about how much my Hayward rep has helped me and how much it's improved my business. And me personally, I try to, I'm one of those pay it forward. So people help me. I try to help others. And I'm not saying that I'm like like a big company and I know everything, but I know stuff. And so when people ask, I'll give them my experience and what I've experienced in the field or in the, in the business part. 
And I think, I wish that everybody would do that. The whole pay it forward. Because there are still companies or individuals that find other companies to be a threat when they're not. They're just trying to learn. Yeah. Have you had like a mentor or coach? I would say I've had a lot of mentors who've offered advice at different points in my life or in business. So, you know, it's just an informal thing. It could be friends. It could be a, a parent. It could be uh, someone else, you know, in business. You've been involved in mentorship yourself, right? You have a, a Facebook page. Yeah. So I help provide trainings for women in our industry, which is a PGP industry training group. And so, yeah, I try any, if they ever have questions, um, although I've helped people in my area where I go and I teach them on person, but I get the manufacturers to provide us hands-on training on their equipment. So we know how to use it. So that's my biggest, I guess, mentoring while I've been in IPSA, I've also helped other like newer members, you know, throughout the business. And then when it comes to like Hayward stuff, people from different states call me and in my own area, I go and I'll, I'll train them on how to do stuff with it. Because again, I was lucky enough to have somebody very generous with their time and train me. So I feel like I should do that for others. Yeah. That's cool. What you're doing there. Very helpful to anyone involved in the business. Yes. And I know, I know quite a bit about a lot of stuff. And when I don't know something, I tell people, sorry, I don't know that, but let's find you somebody. So it's not like I'm just going to leave them hanging. I'm going to literally find them someone who knows what they're asking. The Talking Pools podcast has a pretty big following on Facebook as well. So I try to contribute there whenever I can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk down to anybody because I got started at one point and uh, I remember my, I've said this before, my daughters have used to ask me, you know, how did you learn to do all this stuff and uh, lots of trials and many errors. So uh, I don't like people when they're talking down to someone who's asking a question who might be new in the business. I figured there's no stupid question. Just put it out there and ask it. But there are a lot of people who talk down to people. And I, I don't care for. Oh, that's my biggest pet peeve about Facebook <laughs> is when you get those pe- the younger people actually asking and you get the, the, the older people being like, well, you, you should be doing it if you don't know the answer. It's like you didn't know the answer at one point either, yeah, buddy. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's don't punish people for asking questions. And then when somebody says like, hey, I need you to train me on this. I've never done it before. And if they ask, just show them. Don't just give them the half-assed answer. Like, oh, just put this here and put that there and you'll be fine. No, like literally show them. Because if you show them, one, they'll know how to do it properly. But two, if they don't like doing it, they'll go to you to do it. So you'll make money off of helping somebody out. That's a great idea. What about business coaching? Have you ever paid anyone to be a business coach? I mean, I know there's services out there that are that offer business coaching, but that would be something that's more formal, that's paid, that has speakers and lessons, lesson plans. Have you ever done anything like that? I've never done anything like that, but I still think it's a good option for people because, you know, what if they don't have the resources or the people willing to teach them in a more low key setting? 
you know, or maybe there's for that particular coach, they have something that they focus on that is where they need to work on in their business. And that could be a huge benefit. Anything else you think that would be crucial in a business? Just on this business mentor coach, I think just be helpful in the business. There are so many Facebook pages out there and it's like, we're all, everyone's members of all of them. So, you know, be as helpful as you, as you can in this business. And I think it just makes everyone better. It makes the business better. If you have, if you own a business and are great at numbers, you know, you could help someone with that. Or if someone's asking a question and posting a picture, just be helpful. That's all I would say. Well, I agree with you. The blog part. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly. Hit that plus button and subscribe to our show. Share it with everyone you know. And most of all, give us an honest five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you don't have a five-star review, just email us. (laughs) (laughs) That's like saying, I don't, don't voice your opinion. I only want the good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's where our survey, that's where our survey comes in, right? We're supposed to, (laughs) please fill out our survey. It's going to be in the show notes. I think everyone agrees. If you don't have a five-star review, don't leave it. We don't want to hear about that. (laughs) Email us at talkingpools. And don't put it in the survey, please. Dot com. (laughs) Email us, put in the subject line, Tim and Kelly, if you have a, an issue with our show or you want to ask a question. (laughs) Email us at talkingpools at gmail.com. Fill out our survey. You can find the link in the show notes. It only takes a few minutes. We'd love to hear your feedback. So if you have something bad to say, you can put it in there. So we hope you benefited in some way listening to our show. If we've helped you in your business or if you have a question you would like answered, like I said before, email us at talkingpools at gmail.com. And we'll get those announced or answered on future episodes. You can find the Talking Pools podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, And on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, thanks again for listening. See you on the next show, guys. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 